0: Hello there, and a very warm welcome to episode 17 of the Frantic Football Podcast on World Football Index. I'm Neil Shalat and I'm delighted to welcome Alex Barker on this Monday. How are you doing,
1: Alex? I'm doing very good. I must say, it's very nice to go from first time seeing Ben ever on a podcast and first time seeing you in a little while. It's good to have you back on.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be back on, of course. And of course, that was a great episode from you and Ben on Friday. Uh, where you know you guys talked about the midweek matches and also looked ahead to a few games on the weekend. So since it's Monday, we we we'll of course mostly be uh, we will of course mostly be doing a review episode. We'll touch on a number of the games you guys spoke about, but of course there's loads more uh, from elsewhere too. So we've got some some new seasons starting uh, which you guys talked about. We've got some big big derbies and and big knockout matches as well. Uh, and, and we've got so, some other uh, results from all over the world uh, that, that we'll be talking about as well as a little bit of uh, a, a short news segment at the end uh, so a good deal of movement on the managerial front today so that, that's, that's mainly the agenda for today uh, loads of matches as ever, as is always the case, every Monday so without wasting any more time, let's go into it Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, let, let's head over to Turkey, uh, where, of course, we know earlier this month uh, we had uh, we had those uh, terrible earthquakes uh, in in the south of the country, uh, which also uh, impacted the north of Syria. Uh, and of course, you know at such a time, footballers far from the and uh, far from uh, a concern for for most people. So you know the league had stopped. Uh, it, it was suspended indefinitely, uh, and. Of course, all, all the attention turned to the, to the rescue efforts. Uh, but now, about uh, 20 days after the earthquakes, uh, the, the Super League has resumed uh, this weekend. Uh, of course, we, we should also mention that earlier, I think about about 10 or so days ago, we did have one uh, match in the country, which was uh, Trabzon's first uh, Europa Conference League tie, uh, which we mentioned, I think, last Friday. I mean, not the, not this one, the one before. Uh, uh, but of course, this was much different, you know, with with all the local teams. So, because as I said, football is far from the most important thing. Uh, but I think uh, personally, at least it was great to see. Uh, you know, all 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 the fans pulling together, as we mentioned before, the 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 clubs and the fans have done uh, loads of great work. Uh, in supporting the rescue efforts with, with stuff like fundraisers and all that. And, and here too, we saw some some great uh banners with like messages of support from from the players uh, coming onto the pitch as well as the fans of course. Uh and, and there was some good some great uh, great gestures and great scenes too. I, I think uh, between uh Besiktas and Antales were in Vodafone Park. Uh, I, I think at the if at four minutes and seventeen seconds, which is the, the time the earthquake the first earthquake hit four seventeen PM. Uh, all the fans in the stadium uh, began throwing soft toys onto the pitch which which they used to donate to the surviving children uh, in in the regions uh, affected by the earthquakes and 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 it was just, it was just great to see you know people coming back together uh, and I think I think one of the banners really said it all. I think it was uh, from the Fenerbahce players. Uh, in the first match of the league, uh, leagues restart against Gunnersport. which uh, I mean, I, I hope my translation is right, but it says something like, "We will heal together," and and really, really that's what you got to see with with all these fans and players coming together. And you know, fans fans of all all the various different clubs. And of course, we know the rivalries are really really intense in Turkey, but all that is obviously put aside at such a time. Uh, and 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 it was it was I think just great to see everyone coming together. Uh, and and we should also mention that. Uh, as is as is often the case with football it's it's as we see much more than a sport it can have such a wider impact on society and it has its own political dimensions too. and we are seeing that uh, in in Turkey as well uh, there were uh, you know co- calls from the fans chants calling for the government to resign uh, in uh, in the matches of uh, Fenerbahce and Besiktas, certainly of course we know that the government have been Accused of uh, well negligence, uh, both both leading up to and uh, during this this disaster. So there's certainly unhappiness uh, from the people there, and we could hear that in the stadiums as well. And that there's been loads more going on behind the scenes too. I'll, I'll probably link some stuff uh, in the resource thread that I do. Uh, but yeah, a uh, 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 not not a real foot football story to start, but
1: certainly I was already. gonna say this is gonna be fun to follow. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> It, it, sure, it, just go straight into it. I mean, yeah. following Neil's wonderful, wonderfully put points on um, a Turkish earthquake that kills thousands of people and some um, wonderful demonstrations. I'm here to talk about Rangers versus Celtic next. Very, you know, wonderful tonal shift. <laughs> but um, so we'll be we'll be quick on my I'll throw the ball yeah. back to your court. Ray, um, Celtic beat Rangers in the Scottish League Cup final on Sunday. Uh, two one. Uh, Kyogre Furuhashi with both goals, and it was some put it as Andrew's, um, Andrew Koklu's biggest game of his career so far. And uh, Celtic absolutely turned up. Michael Bulls Rangers they tries to dig in, tried to put in quite a hard defensive performance. And uh, our Aaron Moy, uh, former, uh, a player that um, Ben must be a huge fan of watching football across the globe. I know Peter Petrov on Twitter is also a big fan of uh, Australian, the Australian the used to play for Brighton. He ran this game. He's such a good footballer. So I implore you to uh, watch the highlights of that. And now I'll throw the ball back to the court of Neil. Neil, what, <laughs> we haven't got any other wonderfully put, very deep, heavy points that I'm going to have to follow up with a football match, have I? No, I'm
0: afraid not. that's all for, for, for today, at least. Uh, let, 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 let's head right back into the world of football in, in our little bubble. Uh, let's let's go to America next then. Uh, the, we, have, we have a new season in MLS, uh, as you guys mentioned, on Friday. Uh, I think the biggest game was supposed to be uh, El Trafico between uh, defending champions LFC and uh, the LA Galaxy. But uh, unfortunately, due to various circumstances, including the fact that it was supposed to be played at, I believe, a third stadium. Uh, and some issues with uh, the weather meant that it has been postponed. Uh, but of course, there are loads of other games, 13 other matches. Uh, and I think the biggest result was uh, was expunged inside uh, St. Louis City, getting off to a winning start uh, at Austin against Austin FC. Uh, pretty dramatic match. They scored first, uh, but then uh, went behind in the second half. But a couple of late goals, including a, a, a comical equalizer where the defender basically plays a back pass to the opposition striker in the box, uh, leaving him one on one. Uh, led to their uh, first win in that in the in their debut uh, competitive match, so a big result for them. And some some massive late drama elsewhere, too. Uh, in Atlanta, I think, uh, or yeah, in Atlanta, uh, World Cup winner Tiago Almada got a brace in stoppage time to turn a loss into a victory for his side. Uh, and DC United scored twice later on as well to win win their match. So, so some great drama in MLS. We're, nothing short of we come to expect, uh, and we're 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 in for a season full of it. So it should be really exciting. Uh, but, but now let's let's quickly pop back, uh, to Europe where there was another big derby on
1: uh, on I think Sunday night. Uh, Alex has got indeed come back. I have indeed. It was Le Classique, uh, PSG beat Marseille, which I have to say. Didn't and did live up to the billing. I think a lot of people, including myself, hoped it would be a really tight game. Igor Tudor's Marseille have been great all season, uh, but he was quite too brave in these tactics in this game. PSG won 3-0. Marseille trying to do quite a man-to-man press. And when you're doing a man-to-man press against Marco Verratti and Vitinha, you're going to lose that battle. But Messi and Mbappe were up front, as Neymar is now injured. um, And they were incredible. They made PSG... Look fantastic, definitely gives them hope ahead of their Champions League tonight this week against Bayern. All three goals came from the, the dub, those two. And I implore anyone to check out any of the three goals because each one is magnificent in its own right, especially the third. Messi's little chip over the defense and about left footed finish. Uh, yeah, very exciting stuff for PSG. Yeah,
0: yeah, I saw those highlights. Uh, yeah, the third goal, as you say, especially is absolutely incredible. So, uh, certainly want to watch. There is, of yeah, the Champions League tie. But speaking of Champions Leagues, uh, let's quickly go over to Asia, where we're still in 2022 uh, in the AFC Champions League. Uh, the West Zone knockouts finally came to an end uh, this weekend with, with uh, of course, the semi-final to decide the finalists from the West Zone. Uh, over the last week, they've been playing these knockouts in Qatar. Uh, and there was, I think, just one local side uh, involved, Al Hill, who are also the league leaders in the Qatar Stars League. And and they were uh, playing in this match uh, against against the defending champions Al Hilal, who of course recently represented Asia at the Club World Cup, uh, and and they made the final uh, in in a historic run, becoming the first Saudi side to reach uh, that that final. So one might think they were perhaps a little bit tired, and and you know you, you may think that Al Duhil would have a chance to do something, but no, they were not tired at all. In fact, they were they were were fit and raring to go, and, and they absolutely thrashed uh, Al Duhal. match ended 7 0, but it was 5 0 by half time. Uh, and uh, among the goal scorers were Odion Ighalo, who, who got four in the end, uh, Musa Marega got a brace, uh, and Salem Al Dawsari, who, who, who you will have heard of from his exploits at the World Cup, also got involved. So uh, an absolute thrashing there, which takes Al Hilal to their f- uh, third. Uh, AFC Champions League final in the last four years uh, and they'll be facing uh, of course Urava Red Diamonds who they've met twice before uh, in this exact match and they've won once and lost once so uh, definitely that'll be one to watch but a-, a long way to go for that, that's in late April uh, well, it's a two-legged tie, late April and early May so we'll turn our attention back to that later uh, but for now let's, let's again uh, move on to more matches this weekend Let's uh, so visit Europe again. Uh, new manager over in Leeds, uh, finally, uh, was uh, Javi Grassi, of course. We spoke about him earlier. Uh, and, and he made his debut for the club and, and scored a big, big win. A massive one win over fellow relegation battlers, uh, Southampton, uh, w- which which takes Leeds, uh, at least temporarily, out of the relegation zone. They're up to 17th, a point above Everton and Bournemouth are right below them. So they definitely cannot afford to rest. Uh, but a huge, huge result uh, to start of his tenure. Uh, and and over, uh, speaking of relegation battles, that's also uh, just quickly we said the Netherlands. Uh, we know there's a great title race there, but a, 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 an exciting relegation battle too. Uh, a big result down there uh, So FC Groningen, uh, who were on, I think, a 12-match uh, winless streak, uh, finally a win against Excelsior, a 3-0 attendance, so a convincing win. Uh, and that takes them to within three points of safety. Uh, Excelsior indeed are, are the last team uh, to be outside the relegation zone. Groningen, uh, for now, in the direct relegation zone in 17th, but just one point be, behind say uh, MN, who are uh, in, in the playoff spot. So it, it is, it's quite tight down there as well. From 14th place, Fallen Down to 17th place, Groningen, just three points and two spots uh, in the drop zone. So, so that's one to watch as well. And let's also quickly check in uh in spain where there was another big result uh in in that relegation battle right alex
1: indeed there was valencia a team that you know sadly are in a relegation battle were 19th i think before this uh before this weekend produced a shock home win against wow uh sociedad uh it was one nil the the goal came after samuel lino on known from atletico madrid Tearing the game up all night. A 23-year-old Brazilian winger really looks good. Um, found space down the wing and then cut, crossed. And uh, Zubeldia, Raul Sociedad's pretty promising defender, was forced to do nothing but poke a really good low cross into his own net. And Sociedad couldn't beat down Valencia's quite young and exciting team. Uh, so there is a bit of hope there, even under Peter Lim's terrible ownership.
0: Yep, they're, they're still in the drop zone, though, we should say. Uh, but just two points from 14th place, Sevilla. So that's a really, really tight relegation battle down in La Liga. Uh, but let's, let's quickly move over to some matches at the top of the table. A couple of uh, derbies as well. Uh, a couple of eternal derbies, actually, which uh, are, 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 of course, always really, really tense affairs. Uh, over in Croatia, we had uh, Dinamo Zagreb against Hajduk uh, Split, uh, and Dinamo came away with a convincing four-nil win. Uh, so that that extends uh, extends their lead at the top to eleven points, uh, and they have a game in hand too. So they look uh, very much looks set to to defend the title and make it. I believe will be six consecutive uh, league titles uh, for them. Uh, and the other eternal derby, uh, which I think you guys spoke about on Friday. Uh, so olympiakos uh faced uh, panathinaikos in greece uh, and this one ended goalless uh, nil nil uh, it it does have ramifications on the title race because uh, panathinaikos who started uh, as league leaders do stay there but only have a two point lead over ik in third place uh, and ik have played one match fewer so so they could lose the spot at the top uh, Olympiakos are five points behind, uh, and Pauk, who I, uh, who uh, you know, would also like to consider themselves in the title race, uh, have drawn uh, against Pasjanina this weekend. So there's seven points behind. A, a missed opportunity, really, for them, uh, of which we've seen many. So uh, again, but again, though, that's one to watch. A uh, very close and very exciting title race in Greece this year. So we'll be keeping an eye on that two uh, but now let's let's also move over to uh, a result at the top of the table in uh, I think Slovakia we we had uh, the, the, the 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 two top sides uh, and I I I think I don't think I'm going to uh, pronounce this name correctly but but the, basically the lead switch hands. so of course we will have heard of uh, Slovan Bratislava who have often represented uh, Slovakia in Europe. Uh, they were leading the way going into the weekend, uh, but, but they dropped points uh, at uh, Sláte Moravce, if I'm saying that right. Uh, oh, most of them. So, it. so, so, so th- that allowed, uh, yeah, I'm not getting this one right. Uh, but Dunajska Streda, uh, and that prefix, which is DAC 1904, but I'm not sure how to say that. But either way, there's a new team at the top of the Slovakian Superliga. Uh, these guys have never won uh, a domestic title before. And one point layer at the top now, but of course, a long, long way to go. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, definitely a story to keep an eye on. So that's that from Slovakia. Let's also now go over to Denmark, where there's a match going on as we speak. Uh, but earlier, uh, there was a, an interesting result between Michelin and Fiborg.
1: Yes, yes, there was. Um, Essentially, something I missed... Last Friday, this result took place on Monday. Viborg v. Micheland, and um and Mitchelland are playing tonight. And if it was worth a mention, uh, to that, this is behind the door, behind the curtain. Last Friday, me and Ben decided Ben would cover everything outside of Europe. I'd cover Europe, and I missed this game, and I wanted to bring it back up because there is a player playing for Mitchelland who are currently second in the table in Denmark behind uh behind oh sorry, the fifth in the table. They played second place Viborg, and all teams are behind Notchland, but um Michelin are still in the top five, top four battle. And their right winger, uh, Gustav Isaacson, he scored a hat trick last Monday against Viborg. And Mitchellander are playing um, right now as well uh, against Bromby, which is a very, very big game. But this Isaacson player, he looks brilliant. Uh, a 21-year-old right winger, very clearly two-footed, he scored two goals last uh, Monday, one of them... Very nice first time, cute finishing to the top corner. He's right, the other one sort of had a bit of space to cut in very far on the right hand side and belted in on his left. Uh, Mitchland, you know, known to produce quite a bit of talent. Uh, this Isaacson player looks very, very good. Um, so wanted to shout him out and let's see what happens by the time this podcast is re- uh, finished recording. Maybe we'll find out even more from this fella.
0: Yeah, I mean, I- I've heard rave reviews about him too from Danish football which is so definitely a talent to keep an eye on. Uh, but ah, uh, you've you've brought up a twenty-one-year-old. To that, I'll raise you a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> uh, Iran Irankunda. Uh, in the A League, who looks set to be the next gem to emerge uh, from that competition after Garang uh, Garankwol, of course. Uh, moved out to Newcastle uh, this winter, but he's he's on loan at Hearts now. Uh, but anyway, uh, Irankunda scored an incredible uh, long-range strike late on against uh, Melbourne Victory not having a great season as we discussed uh, in a previous episode uh, to, to come away with a 1-1 draw for Adelaide United uh, uh, and I think that's his second goal of the league season and he's also got a couple of assists. Now mind you, of course, this guy's just 17. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't really start too many matches but he does regularly feature off the bench and whenever you watch him, it's it's very clear that he's super, super talented. Uh, I mean... I, th- I think it says it all. you have 17 old playing professional football, uh, appearing almost every week, so I think that should speak volumes of his talent. So, this guy is definitely one to watch, uh, and I think he, he could be one of the stars of the next generation uh, in Australian football. Uh, but but let, let's move over quickly to, uh, we should also mention the CAF Champions League in Africa, another round of fixtures this weekend uh I suppose a couple of uh, big 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 stories uh, include uh, Zamalek uh who looked to be in, in a spot of bother I think they're in group D so they they're they're yet to uh, they're yet to win uh, a James League match uh they have I think a draw and a, and a loss this week weekend against Espinos uh, and and one of their matches got uh uh postponed so Basically, what what that's done is uh, they're down in, bot- in in the last place uh, in their group, which is one point, uh, and they do they only have uh, a three-point deficit to second place, al though, so so they could turn everything over, but uh, they, they need to start getting those results. At, 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 oh, actually, at the mid- midway stage of uh, their uh, Champions League campaign, uh, the, the team who have had a match postponed and got confused with are Al-Ali. Uh, of course, they're, they're great big rivals in Egypt. They're in Group B, mm-hmm. which many have uh, called the Group of Deaths because it also includes uh, South African giants, Mamadi Sundowns, uh, Al-Hilal, uh, Umduran, and Cotton Sport. And Al-Ahli are also in a bit of this part of positive. They do have a game in hand, but they're down in third with just uh, 1.5 behind Al-Hil- Al-Hilal, uh, I should say. So they really need to get their act together uh, and start getting some results if they are to at once, uh, as, as they would be expected to. Uh, so, so definitely something to keep an eye on out there as well in Africa, where we're at the midway stage uh, of the group stage of the Champions League this year. Uh, let's, let's go over then to a couple of trophies that were handed out. Uh, I think uh, people might have heard of uh, Manchester United uh, winning the Carabao Cup, so we, we don't really need to mention that. But our interest has been taken by the Kazakhstan Super Cup, uh, which was, uh, I think, uh, mentioned by Ben uh, on Friday's episode. And I just want to say, uh, I, I didn't watch the match, unfortunately. But uh, FC Astana got uh managed to win there. But uh, an interesting result, uh, from, from fairly close by in Estonia, uh, their Super Cup final. Uh, so yeah, I'm not getting this name right, but I'll do my best. Uh, Paide Linamiskond. Uh, beat uh, Flora talin who I, I Perfect. think people might have heard of uh, from their experts in Europe so this is, their, this is the first ever win for uh, the team I'm just going to call Paide. I don't know if that's what they're actually called but it's just more convenient so this first ever uh, Super Cup win for Paide, uh and, and I, of course then they will be looking ahead to the league season which gets underway I think next weekend uh, in, in the first weekend of March basically so, we, we'll, we'll keep a relatively distant, I suppose, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on what goes on in Estonia's uh, liga is what it's called, I think. Uh, anyway, l- 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 let's talk about a couple of uh, slightly more well-known leagues. Uh, well, Let's start in league 2 in France, where, which Alex has been keeping a close eye on this season. Uh, and, and he's got a result in the promotion race. What do you have
1: Alex? Yeah, the good thing about this podcast, it helps me keep an eye on sort of the, the lower leagues and focus on the ones outside of the top five. A few weeks ago, I mentioned La Havre, our um, leading league leader. They still are. They still look pretty set for promotion. I think there are a few points clear, in fact, at the top of uh, League leader. Um, uh, eight points, in fact, of the team I want to quickly talk about. So, who climbed into second. Um, they beat Anisset 5-1 and I thought it was worth mentioning as well because I was told the other day um, by Antonio Mango, uh, is a, a scout from Newcastle covers a lot of different teams and games. But um, so sure they produced Ibrahima Canate, uh, Marcin Lacroix, and Marcus Taram in recent years. Quite a hub of youth. Um, league does actually quite an old league. Uh, but I did have a quick peek for any young talent and might be worth mentioning that um, uh. Alize Mayenda, seventeen-year-old Spanish kid, came off the bench again in this game. Didn't score, but he scored one in his four appearances. So so sure, currently leading the charge to join the half to join in Ligue uh, League, and just another just another interesting point on this league. Obviously, we mentioned before as well. League Ern is relegating four teams this season because next year they're going to change to an eighteen-team league. Same knock-on effect is happening in Liga. Um, only two teams will be promoted and four teams are getting relegated, so it really does matter getting that second uh promotional spot. And social look like they could do it, uh, if they can stay ahead of the uh, like, likes of Bordeaux and uh, a couple of other teams like Mets bouncing around in there. Yep,
0: yeah, I think that you mentioned that uh, four teams are getting relegated so has just prompted me quickly to take a look at the relegation battle down because i presume that must be uh quite close so let me just pull up the table
1: i've, I've got it for you now i can oh, tell you my friend it's, it's not very close <laughs> it, you know you know it's it's close at the well it's close at the bottom it's there very interesting yeah yeah well there's well there's four teams in mid table who are all on 31 points oh, yeah. and then there's four teams at the bottom. Oh, three teams on 23 points, 122. The teams going down at the moment are quite interesting. the seven points clear of Dijon and Nimes, who are both in League and quite recently. Yeah. New York's have challenged as well. So, yeah, it might, they might feel like a bit of a gap, but there's some quite old teams in this league. And really, if you drop down to the third tier, French football is a bit like Germany. That is quite a death sentence. So, with those four relegation spots, these teams have been looking to get out of there very quickly.
0: Yep, should we want to follow? Uh, let, let's go over then to the, the, the properly big leagues. Just quick mentions for uh, the Madrid derby which ended in a 1-1 draw, uh, which meant Atleti missed the opportunity to jump over Real Sociedad. Of course, they lost, as Alex earlier mentioned. I think there was some refereeing controversy. I so saw statements being put out by Aleti, uh about, about the red card uh, that was given out for a supposed elbow, which uh, I'll admit Based on the replay, it really look like an elbow to the chest. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, Real Madrid will also regret that result because uh, Barcelona suffered a pretty shocking defeat to Almeria. Uh, but, but Real Madrid could only close the gap at the top by one point, And those two will be playing this week uh, on Thursday. But uh, we will talk about the upcoming games a little bit later. Uh, let's also pop by in the Bundesliga. Loads of drama at the top. The big game. So... Uh, Bayern faced Unio with, with both level on points, uh, and and so it was potentially uh, a crucial game in the title race, uh, and therefore a statement would really for Bayern three three up uh, at half time, and that's how it ended. Uh, it was a properly commanding performance, uh, and 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 a big big win for them. Uh, so so they remain on top, but uh, Borussia Dortmund have followed them. They're level on points. Uh, and, and they're having quite a great year, aren't they, Alex?
1: They are indeed, yeah. Level level on points, only behind on goal difference. Edin Terzic really seems to have turned things around that World Cup break. It didn't look like he would um, when he won 4-3 in the first game back and everyone said it's still the chaotic Dortmund. But I think they've won their last seven games. They are really putting the pressure on Bayern. I'm still not going to say Neil is as a title race in Germany because every time you say that, Bayern go and win 3-0, like they just did against Union Berlin, but Dortmund are doing their best impression of a title of challenger than they have in many years.
0: Yep, and some big games coming up for them. They've uh, got Leipzig next in the league, I think. Uh,
1: and then their classical
0: mm. is uh, certainly in March. So, well, maybe maybe after that, we might be able to pronounce it uh, a title race. But I will call a title race, even, even though there's a bigger gap, in the Zweite Bundesliga, where the top two faced off, Darmstadt leading the way, uh, against Hamburg who a darling side to many uh, I suppose uh, tactics indoorors because because they played a really interesting possession based style uh, uh, with with goalkeeper burs and 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 all that so uh definitely a side that many would love to see promoted uh, but anyway their match ended one one so they uh, maintained the four point gap uh, at the top uh, but of course both both of the top two from the Zweite Bundesliga uh, win direct promotion so uh, not, not much on the line there, except for, of course, the title. Uh, but behind them, uh, Heidenheim are just two points of Hamburg. And that's the playoff spot, which Hamburg know all too well can be really dangerous because uh, they, they finished there last season and they ended up losing to Hertha Berlin. So, Hamburg will want to be careful to not slip down there. And, and they, they only really have a one match buffer because it's just two points. So, so that's definitely one to follow. Uh, and, and staying in Germany, I just want to quickly mention uh, I I saw Bayern again this weekend. Uh, facing uh Turbine Potsdam in the Frauen Bundesliga and winning three nil again uh, as they always tend to do. But, but but the interesting thing here is that uh after over, over ten matches, Turbine are still winless and down in the relegation zone. Of course, as you'd expect, just one point actually. Uh, so not far from safety. I suppose looking set for relegation. Uh, but but let's see if they can at least get. That that one win, uh, towards in the second half of the season in the Frauen Bundesliga. Okay, uh, a quick one, uh, from Spain again. Uh, I, look. You're gonna have to forgive me for this. Uh, Alex has Alexis it in the pub, but I, I think fourteen-year-old me would have loved this.
1: So, oh, I'm I'm 23 and I'm absolutely loving it. Read it out, Neil. Read okay. it to the class. So, so,
0: so, of course, I think everyone knows that Ibiza has. No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't give the context. Read it out as <laughs> it right, says. Right. Okay, look. If, if I read it in normal English, yeah, but without applying Spanish pronunciations, here's what I what I've written. I've written. Coke scores his first goal for Ibiza. <laughs> and I think I think that, that's one of the better headlines. Uh, That's like an amazing me.
1: find from you. I I've given you so many ratings for finding that is incredible.
0: <laughs> uh, but but hey, look, I mean, as we tend to do with this podcast, let, let's put, let's put a serious a bit of a serious spin on it. So uh, I think we we know Ibiza have a football team aside from all the other stuff, uh, and and they play in the Segunda División, uh, which is for the second tier in Spain. Um, they they were I think mid table last season. Not going great for them this year. They're down at at rock bottom. And thirteen points from safety, so uh, I'm afraid I may no longer uh, get uh, Ibiza matches uh, highlights directly from uh, YouTube uh, next season. But but hey, we'll see. Anyway, uh, the player who scored technically is okay but he but you know, unlike the former Atlético Madrid player, this guy's name is spelled with a C. Uh, so you know, I I think you have to give this to me. I've so,
1: heard a lot of him. I think he's got a lot of energy. Good things. From him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, anyway, we, we will keep an eye on this, but uh, it doesn't look good for everybody. Not too
1: close to an eye. Not too close to an eye on <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, we, we'll keep an eye on this as well. I should say that, yeah. A safe uh,
1: a legal eye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, I, th- I think that's about it uh, for the matches we've got. Uh, but as I said, we've got some a fair bit of news, uh, especially on the managerial front. I think the biggest uh, headline was uh, Jurgen Klinsmann being appointed as uh, the South Korea manager. I think he's been given a, a contract in till, well, till the end of the 2026 World Cup, basically, of course, if they qualify. Uh, he succeeds uh, Paulo Bencho, who, of course, led them in Qatar uh, in uh, late 2022. Uh, and I think it's a, it's been a controversial appointment. I think, uh, of course, there's, there's questions about how well he can set his side up and, and how well he can get them playing. But also, you know, during the World Cup, he was uh, involved in a bit of a controversy for his uh, comments on, on Iran's playing style. So I, I don't think, uh, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, South Korean fans don't really seem too happy uh, with disappointment, appointment, uh, even though it's a fairly big name. But, uh, well, we, we'll keep an eye on how he goes. I'd also like to mention uh, Philippe Troussier appointed as the Vietnam manager. Uh, close by. Uh, of course, to South Korea. So I suppose that's another one to keep an eye on. We see how he goes. Uh, and he and he. This guy's been some places. I have got someone else lined up for for our career path, but I just I'll just say this guy's this guy's coached Marseille, Morocco, uh, Qatar, uh, Kaiser Chiefs, South Africa, Japan. So he he's, he's been a fair few places. So uh, well, I suppose let's let's see. How he does uh, at Vietnam. Uh, another very interesting managerial news was uh, Francesco Farioli, who is reportedly said to leave Alanyas for uh, his contacts. Not run out, but I think they're they're settling a mutual uh, termination. Because this guy, uh, certainly, I love uh, and and I've been keeping a real close eye on this season. He's he's playing some very interesting football. Uh, he he's worked under Roberto De Zerbi in the past. And I think you can clearly see that uh, in his style of play, you know, the intricate deep build-up patterns. Um, even even with sometimes even like five players inside the box, even when they're being pressed, his team will insist on playing out three short passes only. Uh, and well, on their day they look really great. And I think he achieved a record points tally for the club last season, and and this season he's been doing some interesting stuff again with with goalkeeper change. So you you'll regularly see. I think especially after the World Cup break uh, where they they played a 3-4-2-1 uh, on paper, uh, but, but in possession, they effectively have a back four even outside their box uh, with the goalkeeper moving out uh, to, to the right of, of uh, well, in between basically two of the centre-backs. So, a, a very, very interesting team uh, that he was managing there uh, and I, for one, am really excited to see where he goes next. But, here's Let's move on then to a name that might be familiar to many. Zdjanik uh, Zeman is back in business. Uh, he, he's been reappointed uh, at Pescara down in Serie C. So that's the third tier uh, in Italy. Uh, but wow, I think the big thing is the legendary 75 uh, year old coach is back and, and we'll we'll get to watch one of his teams playing again. Uh, and, and of course, with, with someone uh, who has such an incredible CV. There's only one thing I can do, which is make Alex guess uh, his his career path. So uh, let's 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 do that, Alex. Okay. Schdenech Zeman, Alex. This guy's been loads of places, mostly in Italy, but uh, he's he's had a couple of ventures elsewhere. I, I I don't think we can go with his full career really because he he had stints with big big clubs and then he's gone down to Serie C's which no I will have heard of likely so I'll I'll keep filling you in, but I'll I'll obviously try to give you some hints to help you along as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us start. He managed Palermo's youth side, uh Licata. This is in the nineteen eighties, mind you, for Forgia, uh, and then for no for less than a year. He goes over to a team who, who are currently playing in Serie B and, and have a legendary goalkeeper. I think that's a good hint.
1: Oh, for God, I don't know. And by the way I know, I know the names man. I've I've heard of him a lot but I've, I've I've probably I think I've read about him but I'm trying to pinpoint. So obviously the keeper's booth on him, What what's the bloody team? What's the bloody team he came through Ah, <laughs> uh, you've put me on the spot. He went from Juventus. I, I think I think they have
0: American owners too. If it's I not, remember, or certainly they had, if I remember currently.
1: It's not Palermo, is it? No, it's it Palermo's youth. It, it's oh. very close, though. It, I, I'm so irritated. I don't know, I know <laughs> exactly you talk about, I just can't think of the name. I, give it, I, I won't get it. Who is it? It's Parma. That's the bloody one, uh, Parma. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh,
0: then he moves over to Messina, who currently play in Serie C from Sicily. Uh, then back to Foggia. For about five years. So now we're in the nineteen nineties. Uh, and then he has a he has three so his next from his next four jobs, three are huge uh serie A clubs, you know, part of the big six, and one is a huge Turkish club. So you should you should at least know all of these. So let, let's start with one of the big uh, Serie A clubs.
1: Is it Inter?
0: No, he's never been there.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: No,
1: uh, I, 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 I've got this, I've got this, it'll be okay. okay. A huge, huge Italian club in the nineties. One right? of the big six.
0: One of the big um, six. Hold on, hold on. I, I don't wait. I wasn't around then, so don't ask me. I, I tell you, they're one of the big six
1: now. No, no. I, I, I've got it. I've got it. It'll be uh Zeman with one of them, Lazio. Yep, that's right. First Lazio. Yeah, there we go. And then Man. he goes to another one.
0: Yep, another big club. And this mm, is the move.
1: Um, Lazio. He wouldn't have gone straight to Roma if that was ever a thing. Uh, is he go to Juventus?
0: No, he has it, but he did go straight to Roma.
1: Oh, he did he go, go straight to that. Roma? Wow. Yep. That's a brave right, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not, 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 not even a gap. Like, same year, 1997, he leaves Lazio, straight to Roma. That wow. played to him. Uh, and then, all right, then he's off to Turkey.
1: Uh, Turkey. I'll get it eventually. Uh, Fellabanchi. Yeah.
0: Yep, first guess. Brilliant. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and I'm back to a big team. Well, now a big team in Italy, now one of the top sides uh, in the year 2000. Atalanta. Nope. Napoli. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Goes over to Napoli. Uh, all right, then you probably know this. Uh, Serie A side currently in the relegation battle zone. Let me check. But Serie A side in the lower half of the table.
1: Is it? Oh, okay, right. There's two in my head. I think he goes on to manage one of these. Is it Hellas Verona? Nope. Is it Torino? Nope. Oh, uh, Salernitana.
0: Oh! 16th currently, but just over there. Of course, had a great, great escape last season. That was uh, a, an incredible year then. Uh, and and they've they've had their fair share of uh, drama with managers, as we've spoken about. uh this year, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, then he goes over to Avellino, who also play in Serie C currently. So we haven't heard of them. Uh, and then two aside uh, again in Serie A, and yeah, in the lower hu- in the lower half of the table, but not in the relegation zone.
1: Oh, I'm so sure. He- I'm so sure he managed one of Torino and Hellas Verona, but I'm not going to guess them again. Like is it Udinese?
0: Udinese? No, and he hasn't managed them either. Fiorentina. Striggert. Nah. Okay, I'll give you this. It's uh promoted,
1: like promoted at the start of this season. I think so. Yeah, promoted at the start of the season. Oh God, Cremonese. Lecce. No.
0: Yes, Lecce. So he he has two students there. Uh, in between them, he goes. Uh, i I'll, I'll I'll say this. He goes to Brescia. Uh, oh, yeah, I this... never would have got that. <laughs> uh, and That's all within the year, year's time frame, uh, all those moves. And then this one caught me. Of course, he he, he pops by to Serbia.
1: Serbia? Does he go to Red Star?
0: Yeah, he does. He goes to Red Star, Belgrade. good. Uh, so just spends, again, less than a year there. Uh, and then uh, uh, Fadja, we've mentioned before, he goes there again. Pescara, who are also... And in Serie C, of course, that's where he's gone now. So he goes to Pescara, then back to Roma for a year, uh, (laughs) then to uh, a Serie B side, uh, but but a team who were recently in Serie A and and, uh, made a high-profile managerial appointment. Oh, This year, I think. Uh, I think Ben has been speaking about that. Yeah, I
1: feel like I know I'm trying to think. Did they high-profile managerial appointment? I'm not sure. They hired I mean, a recent ex-player. Didn't they hire Daniele De Rossi? No, that was Spal. Oh, Spal, I'm
0: thinking Cal- of. Oh. Calieri hired Claudio Ranieri. Oh,
1: no, yeah, yeah, fair enough,
0: fair enough. So that's where he goes. Then, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you this as well. He goes to Switzerland, to Lugano. <laughs> uh, then to. is some one of the most random careers <laughs> ever. <laughs> I mean, no, look, I, I, get, I get all the Italian ones, yeah. Except maybe some of the Serie C ones. They're like, why is he popping over to look <laughs> he, he
1: must be like failing, he must be doing really good and then failing horrifically and just like consist like consistently up down up down up down up down up down. His XG chart must be all over the place. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's quite a good idea. Yeah, So Pescara for he left in 2022 in May, uh after a season. And now he's back uh with Pescara for the second, third Third stint? I think so. So he, yeah, nev-
1: he never managed, he never managed he never Hel- Hel- managed Varonor Wow, Hel- I must be thinking oh. of someone else. Yeah, I, yeah. Not him, definitely.
0: But yeah, a very interesting manager, as you say. I think I saw someone who, I think it was actually Petar Petro who you were mentioning earlier, uh, say he read about him in uh, Francesco Totti's biography. Uh, and he, he he said that he was a really, really interesting manager. Uh, I, I think yeah, you know, from whatever at least you know, tactically very interesting. Well, uh, has he? You know, has he
1: won many major trophies? Or?
0: Let me check his honors page. Yeah, okay. uh, I mean, I've, Wikipedia said that he was a more of a cult uh, figure. So yeah, he he's won uh, two Serie B titles, uh, and one in nineteen eighty five. What was the Serie C two, which is now the fourth division? That's all the titles he has. Wow. Uh, but I mean this guy yeah I mean people, yeah he, he's really I think highly regarded coach uh, a very interesting character certainly. So yep I, I suppose uh, I'll be watching maybe some Serie C if I get the time but let's see uh, anyway, I think that's all we've got just one final bit of news uh, from France where there's all sorts going on uh, in, in the Federation uh the i think this one's been brewing for a while uh but uh noel uh, Legrat, the the president uh of uh the federation uh is is uh, reportedly set to resign uh i I have read a number of things uh, that that uh against him various scandals from all sorts of stuff uh, including sexual harassment so uh I, I, you know, this guy has been under pressure for a long while and I suppose, you know, everyone in French football will say that uh, he'll be a good riddance if he does step down uh, and I don't think it's officially happened yet, but at least from what I've been reading, uh, it looks all set to be done. Uh, we record this on Monday. Apparently there's going to be some sort of federation meeting on Tuesday when he will step down. Uh, so that's him likely gone uh, and uh, as well as that, uh. Uh, Corinne Diakre, the the manager of the French women's national team, who's also been uh, under 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 pressure earlier uh, this week uh, for for different reasons. Uh, I think three of the players announced that three key players, including the captain, announced that they won't be uh, playing or uh, well. Some said retirement, some said won't be playing until the situation improves or whatever. Uh, but anyway a number of French players essentially going, uh, sort of basically saying that they won't be participating in the year when, of course, they have the the World Cup uh, because uh, of uh, 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 Diacre's well, some of her actions in the past, some of her uh, decisions uh, against players who who underperformed, you know, things like, uh, you know, I think I read somewhere that, I forget who, but basically one player missed a key chance uh, in a World Cup or World Cup Qualifier match, uh, and then she, she was a very important player and then uh after that she was without any reason uh she was uh you know removed from from the lineup and, and benched and not played and so that that's the sort of sort of stuff uh, that that that's been accused of theira and definitely the players aren't happy with her so she is reportedly uh, going to resign as well uh so yeah World cup year, France uh in a bit of bit of turmoil but I, I don't think that's a new story uh, but, but yeah, we will see uh, on both fronts. Uh, ultimately, of course, these are two separate stories. just so happen to be happening at the same time and in the same country. Uh, but, but we'll keep an eye on what goes on on both fronts. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, that's that's all we've got for this Monday episode. Uh, quickly, we'll of course be looking ahead to what's coming up this week. Got, we haven't got uh, any uh, UEFA Champions League or, or UEFA competition action. There's various uh, leagues uh, and domestic cups, though, in Europe. Uh, there's the the second legs of the second rounds of the Copa Libertadores qualifiers in South America, as well as the second leg of the Recopa Sudamericana, uh, where uh, I think uh, Independiente uh, del Valle, uh, Del Valle, I should say, uh, have a lead, uh, a one goal lead against Flamengo. Uh, and, but they'll be playing away this time. So uh, let's see if they can hold on to that and with their first-ever uh, Copa. We've also got uh, the Super Cup in Argentina uh, between uh, Boca Juniors uh, and, interestingly, the second-tier side, uh, Patronato uh, de Parana, who won the Cup uh, last season but also got relegated from the top flight. Uh, so, so that should be an interesting game. Uh, and, and yeah, I think, I think those are most of the, the big games we've got this week. Of course, as always, we'll be back uh, on Friday with with the preview episode, looking ahead to what we have uh, in, in another very busy weekend coming up, uh, and as well as reviewing all the major action from the week. But until then, uh, thank you very much for listening. A big thanks to Alex for his time, uh, and see you on Friday. Goodbye.